coming to you from beautiful Santa Barbara, California. Promoting peace, healthy living, and happiness. It's the Peace Podcast with host Barbara Gon Mueller. Welcome to peacepodcast.org. I'm Barbara Gahn-Mueller, and I am welcoming you to help you understand how the books you have inside of you might become something that will help a person become peaceful. It might help a person become happy, and it might even be a book that could bring them better health. With that, I'm going to introduce my dear, dear reviewer of my book, Revolutionary Conversations, the tools you need for the success you want. Diane Donovan has been reviewing books for over 35 years. Did you get that name, Diane Donovan? Don't forget it. Because if you have a book and you want a review that will give you three awards or more, be sure you look at her. She is a generalist reviewer who enjoys fiction, nonfiction, children's books alike, and also runs a literary service Business providing authors with editing, marketing plan, and critique service. You see that smile on her face. What's that? She loves what she does. And she not only loves what she does, she loves Jim Cox, who loves Diane. So anyway, with that, Diane, did I leave anything out of my introduction of you? I don't think so. I think the generalist part is a really important thing because when I started reviewing 35 years ago, everybody wanted specialists. You were supposed to pick a subject and that was all you were supposed to read. And I resisted that heavily because I like reading all different kinds of things. And I don't like being locked out of a particular subject just because I'm supposed to read only one tiny thing. Well, um, Jim was about the... Out. Look at your books behind you. You probably have what did you tell me on our pre-interview? You're a bookaholic? I am a bookaholic. <laughs> oh, and you're 45 years of, no, you have, you're not old enough to have 45 years. How long have you been reviewing books? I have been reviewing books since about 1976. Well, and I have been working with Jim for about that long because he was one of the first people that allowed me to review the books that I wanted to read rather than telling me I had to narrow my subject to one tiny thing. Oh, isn't he amazing? I, I can't tell you all the things that I appreciate about Jim, but I've always been as president of the book publicist and president of many organizations that deal with authors. I have found that when I tell an author to go to Midwest Book Review, magic happens. And is it because of you? Is that what is the magic? I think the magic is because of Jim. Because Jim likes to bring people together, he likes to bring writers and authors together, and he likes to promote good books and literacy for everybody, not just a narrow audience. So I think the magic is in Jim. Well, you've had a career, uh, really a wonderful career of reviewing books. What excites you when you begin to review a book? What is the exciting part for you? The exciting part is I like to be surprised. I like to pick up a book and I have no idea who, who is writing it, what it will be about. And I like to be grabbed in the first couple paragraphs of the book by something surprising. And that doesn't happen all the time, but it happens often enough where it just is delightful. Wow. In the first couple of paragraphs, would that be in the um, introduction or the foreword or would it just be right in the first chapter? Where would you find that? 
It varies. Sometimes it is an introduction of the forward of the book, and sometimes you don't get to it until the first chapter. I usually give it about, I read the introduction, then I usually give it about a chapter. And if I'm not surprised by anything in that chapter, I'm not captured or captivated, then sometimes it's a difficult read to go through the rest of the book. I can understand that. All books are not created for the reader. Some books are created for the person who wrote the book to have something in their hand when they're talking. And I think a book, ha what would you say the magic of a book is? It has to have a uh, target audience. It has to have a certain appeal. What is it? My teacher used to tell me that the magic of a book is that it grabs you and makes you care. It makes you care about the character. It makes you care about what they're going through. It makes you care about the subject in some way that you hadn't cared before. Therein lies the magic. That makes a lot of sense to me. Um, what do you think you would tell a new person, a new author? Let's just go for that. Suppose they've never written a book, but they have a book inside them. How would you tell them to craft the book to begin with before they even start writing all the words that they know they want to say? What would you tell them to think about first? I would tell them to think about the structure and the progression. But I would say in order to cultivate that sense of surprise, the best thing is for them to be surprised by what comes out of their pen. Just write and write and be surprised. I've written books and I have written articles and essays. And my best writing is when I'm excited and I just let the words flow and I have no idea where they're going to go. They always find a way. And do you do it by handwriting or do you do it on the computer? On the computer, I do speed typing. So my brain is almost linked to my fingertips. Oh, that's fabulous. So you're using the computer. Do you dictate your stories or do you just keep writing? I just keep writing because I speed type. So I just, it's, it's very interesting. People around me that see me type go, how can you go that fast? And I said, I don't know. My brain is spilling out and my fingers are doing it. But I took typing in middle school. So it was a long time ago. What did you say? You got typing in middle school? Yeah, I took typing in middle school and it really served me well over this over the decades. Well, I tell you, that is such a way. I have a friend, Urban Laszlo, who wrote several hundred books, I feel like. And um, he said, I just go right there with a blank sheet of paper. I clear everything off my desk and I start to write. And I'm surprised by what comes out. Yes. And that's quite often that when you are passionate about something and excited, that is the best time to begin writing. The worst time to begin writing is when you feel like you should write or you have to write or you set an hour a day aside and I'm going to write. Now, the best time to do it is to write when you're excited. Well, you know, I find a lot of people tell me that they're excited, but then they sit down to write and nothing comes out. What can we tell them when they think they don't, they're not good enough or their brain is con telling them, what do you think you are, an author and you're not writing any words? So what would you tell somebody who may have what we call writer's block or they just can't get the words out? I'd say turn off the critic. That's the, that's the biggest barrier to writing is when you have all those things in the back of your mind that's questions whether what you're doing is important. What you're doing is important. Just put the pen on the paper and let the words go and don't worry about what quality or is it spelled right or how's the grammar. That stuff can be fixed, but that nugget of inspiration, that isn't something you can fix. That's something that flows. The nugget of inspiration sounds like a way to describe a way an author can become a bestseller. Would you say that's true? How do you become a bestseller? You've been reviewing so many books over the years. Oh my gosh. Well, the quality of writing is the very first thing to becoming a bestseller. The other thing is connecting with the readers. 
um, if the reader doesn't get that sense of excitement or the characters that you've developed and come to care about them and be excited about it, it's going to be hard to have a bestseller. That connection is a very important thing. Connecting with the reader. That's why we love some of the books that, that I have called my favorites, like, um, oh, I can't even tell you all of them. I have so many. But you reviewed Revolutionary Conversations, our book. And what I loved about your review, and I'm going to tell you, is what you did, the tools you need for success was the way this is no fly-by-night or quick program, but has been 25 years in the making. How did you capture the authors, too? Do you usually capture the authors like that? I try, and I also use a lot of quotes in my reviews, which I'm aware some reviewers don't, but I want to give the reader an idea of why they could be excited by it, because not everything will excite every single person. So I do a lot of quotes within my reviews to give that sense of the language and description and the strength of the writing. It's absolutely true. So when, what is revolutionary conversation, says Diane? It happens when we take the time, whether in a minute or an hour, to make sure we're on the same page. Now, Diane, you had to have read the book pretty carefully to even know that, because that's the whole concept of our book. Mm -hmm. It is a concept of the book, and that's the strength of it, and that's what connects people together. That's why I like the book so much. Well, thank you. Your book is, is gone as the, there's a notion that such struggle is for winning. Everybody wins or nobody wins. And the crux of the matter is the kinds of approaches and conversations and people have said to me, this book is so elementary, but we learn how to talk, but we don't learn how to have a conversation. And that's why we wrote the book, Diane. Yeah, there's a big difference between conversation and monologue. I think a lot of people don't realize that right now, but it is. Conversation is connections and making those connections. Well, it seems so interesting because I know you don't want people to call you, but you like people to email you. How do you decide if you're going to work with the person? What, what, what are some of the criteria? Well, for your literary email, agency, for your literary agency. Yeah, the email itself is important. Um, I've had people that email me and it's obviously a form letter and they get my name wrong or they say, Dear Donovan, and then it's like a form letter. I want a personal connection just like I look for in my reading. So I want some indication that they've read what I've written or there's a reason why they're contacting me and I'm not part of a mass global emailing that they just fired out without any knowledge about what I do. Do you get most of the books you review from Midwest Book Review or do you um, people contact you individually? Both. I think it's about equal. People contact me individually and I have a lot, I'm on a lot of lists um, for doing reviews. So, but Midwest's gives me very good connections. So I do a lot of things for them. Well, we sure appreciate you. I tell you, um, when your review came in, um, it just got us into these award programs and we won a lot of awards. And I think it was because you were able to capture what we wanted the audience to get. And I thank you for that. Um, as I think about you and your new, new job, literary coach or whatever you have, give us a little information about what you're doing now, in addition to reviewing. I kind of got into the literary services. Jim gave me a little nudge and said that you've been in this industry a very long time and you have a lot of knowledge and you could help authors. And he gave me a nudge and said I should offer some literary services beyond the book reviewing. And I, first I thought, well, gee, I'm a book reviewer and a generalist. Um, then he said, well, you know, you can help people with editing because my writing is good. So, and I've had English and training in school and went to college and all that. So I said, okay, I could do that. 
And then authors started asking me about helping market their books. Now, marketing is something that's a whole nother ball game. You really need to have connections or you have to have a lot of time to do it. I said, I'm not interested in doing the marketing, but I can certainly produce marketing plans that help the authors do it themselves. Because really, it takes time and some steps. So I got into that part of it. So And I got into pre-publication critiques because a lot of authors said, I have a work in progress and I'm stuck. I don't know where I should be going. I don't know if what I've done is any good. And can you help me with that? So I started producing critiques for people that were in the middle of writing and they want to get some sense of how they're doing and you know, paths that they might go on. That's a really important gift that you have because that would take a person over that bridge where they just can't figure out where they want to go. Your critiques, probably because of the years, but I don't know, it's not just the years of books that you've read. It's a skill that you have. It's a skill. You have a skill set. Yeah, I think Jim made me realize that I should be offering that skill set to authors. And I like the idea of helping authors because I've written my own book. And there are times where I got stuck and I didn't have anybody to turn to. And friends and family can help only so much. But when you have somebody in the industry say, okay, this isn't working because of this, or here's a direction that you could go in. Um, that's really, I wish I had that. So that's why I'm offering authors. That's the most invaluable gift you can give an author. I think maybe you might want to go this direction. I like this. Just to have a professional opinion about what's coming up from them. That is so beautiful. Well, how would we find you, Diane? Do you have a website? Do you have, where are all those reviews you've done of people? <laughs> I have a website, which actually has all the reviews I've done and has a list of my services. It's at donovansliteraryservices.com. And it has, also, it has a section of awards. So the books that I review, if the author has gotten an award for it, they get back to me and say, hey, I just won the pen award. And then I put it on that page and give them a little bit extra boost. So it's fun. It's a website of resources as well. When I hear of a resource that sounds good for an author, I put the link in the resource in my page. What a great idea. Thank you so much. You know, um, I'm thinking about the way you wrote our review, it was a full page and we really appreciated that. So Donovan, now let me be sure we spell your last name right. D-O-N-O-V-A-N. Donovan, now spell, do your website one more time. Donovan or Donovan? Donovansliteraryservices.com. So Donovan has an S after it. Yeah. Donovansliteraryservices.com. Diane, I am so grateful to you. Um, we got reviews. You, yours was our first that really, we put us over the moon. And then people like Joyce Wyckoff, the author of Mind Mapping, business writer, started to say, we're so excited that now I have a book I should have read when I was a teenager. So these are the things that came in after you, your review, and we didn't send them your review. So we had a feeling this book could be the bestseller, and it has been. So is there anything I forgot to ask you or anything you'd like our budding group of authors and generalists to listen to or hear from you? I think there's a really interesting point in all the services I offer. I do editing, and the most common thing I hear is I edited my own book, or I had my grandmother look at it, or I had my aunts and uncles and friends look at it. And I try to tell authors, whether you're going with me or somebody else, always try to do a final proofreading with somebody other than your immediate family or yourself, because people will catch things that your friends and your family, and particularly yourself, will not catch. 
And I see that is the biggest problem with self-published authors and small authors is that they try to do everything themselves that way and they miss some of the things that they could be cleaned up and make for a really great book. Has the digital market um, impacted books today? Not really. It's actually enhanced it. It's increased the readership. There are readers that will buy a digital version and then they'll buy a hard copy for gift giving. Um, sometimes a library will buy a digital version and a hard copy. I know I read both and mm -hmm. there are times where I want one over the other. So I think it's just another extension. It's not a replacement. That is fantastic. Well, this is peacepodcast.org and I'm Barbara Gonmuller and you've just been listening to Diane Donovan. As I mentioned, she took the time to review our book when we first had the book come out in March of 2014. And we're still as excited about that book and still as excited about Diane Donovan. And you know, books are our lifeblood. Um, Bernie Siegel's books. I've heard of him talking about Dr. Bernie Siegel. He saved me from stage four cancer. You never know what a book's going to do for you, right, Diane? Absolutely. Absolutely. Books are our breath and our age. We go better. We become ageless when we have books that tell us how to do it. And there's no, there's no substitute for a good book, right, Diane? Absolutely. I agree. Thank you. Good books have actually saved, saved my life in many ways. I just am a bookaholic and I love them. Well, you're listening to Diane Donovan. Now, if you have a book that needs editing, reviewing, or just plain old love, call this girl. Go to Diane Donovan. Donna, Diane Donovan at sonic.net? It's Donovan at sonic.net is my email. That's great. And I don't want to forget to give people that because there are people out there who say, oh, I got to get that Diane on my team. Thank you, Diane. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Barbara. This is wonderful. Good to talk with you. Thank you. And I'm Barbara Gonmuller. And you know, every week we have somebody who's going to inspire you to be healthy, maybe at peace, and possibly even save your life. Thanks, Diane. Thank you.